Welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears. You can follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Today, we are going to be covering a little bit more of this A-Rob drama, and then we're going to give you the injury report for the New York Giants game. Uh, I'm Lucas Perfetti. You could follow me at LucasPerfetti46. I'm also joined by my guys, Brandon Suarez at BDON300 and Duke Coughlin at that pod guy. Duke, you can go ahead and give them a follow there. Um, gentlemen, how are we doing today? My guy, Duke, just was maxing on a stack house or steakhouse burger from Burger King, even though he wants to troll me for for liking Burger King myself. Uh, how you feeling, Duke? Yeah, I feel pretty good when I walk into a little, uh, little Lucas trap there. No, this burger is delicious and uh, Burger King is the way to go. Uh, yeah. I mean, besides NFL game pass, basically locking me out of like any sort of film analysis I was able to do all week. Uh, I'm pretty good, you know, just kind of hanging out, waiting for next week of football, messing around with my new, my new VPN. Can't get too much information there, but uh, VPNs are awesome, and you should really invest in them. Yeah, I'm. You told me about that. That's an ultra hack, especially if you're not in the area. Um, Duke purchased a VPN, and now he can just set his uh, his location anywhere, so you can get any local game at any time. It's a genius idea. We're we're looking at you, Derek the Bear, just in case you have any uh, issues with with uh oh but actually you know what if you're in the uk i think if you're out of the country nfl game pass covers everything um but either way we love you derek go ahead be down how you feeling brother hey i'm doing well i was on the sean and maya in the morning show this morning talking bears talking giants talking this week's matchup i'm excited for sunday i honestly i can't wait until we get to predictions for this game because i got a bold one okie dokie i like to hear that um, so we're going to start off with this A-Rob stuff because on the last show, we kind of highlighted really every in and out of what could be going on. Um, and we obviously missed one because we were saying, you know, we can't really pay him more than you're given Julio Jones, right? You can't go above $20 million. And I think that was kind of the thing. You guys were at 20. I was at like 19. And then, then it came out today that the Bears only offered – Allen Robinson, 15 to $16 million. And he was only looking for $18 million. So there was a huge disconnect there. And it's like, well, if you're not valuing him, because if you really look at it right now, I think Allen Robinson's being paid as like the 15th or 16th best receiver. If you bump up up to 18, he's still, I don't even think getting paid as a top 10 receiver. He might be, um, but he's not like in that top five range, which realistically any bona fide number one wide receiver, there's not, 32 number one wide receivers in the league. We're going to talk about the Giants. They don't have a number one wide receiver. Not every team has a bona fide number one. And some teams have two guys that could be a number one. But realistically, when we're talking bona fide number one wide receivers, there's probably only about 15 in the league. Um, and all those guys will reset the market as they go along. You know, only DeAndre Hopkins is going to get that kind of deal. Julio Jones will be, you know, able to reset the market again, I'm sure, even though he's getting older. Um, but I mean, just when we found out the numbers, dude, and then there was a tweet that came out that essentially, um, you know, George McCaskey got asked what's going on with the extension and the name Ted Phillips was dropped. And he said, Ted, um, or was it? Yeah, yeah. It was George McCaskey that got interviewed or was it Ted Phillips that got interviewed? Um, either way, it, it just came out that Ted Phillips was involved and right there that just threw up major red flags for me because I've always been under the impression since Ryan Pace has been around and since kind of things were botched with, um, what's his name? Uh, not Fox dude before him. Come on, Mark Tressman, that jerk off. Um, since that was botched and stuff like that, from what I've heard, Ted Phillips have hasn't been a part of football ops 
But I'm starting to think now, anytime something gets muddy, his name comes up, and it's really just starting to bother me. Um, but go ahead, Duke. Yeah, see, um, I, I'm kind of more under the impression that Ted Phillips has always kind of always had this type of control. Um, I think Ted Phillips is a yes man. He's always been a yes man to the McCaskies. Uh, that's why he's held his job as long as he should. I honestly think Ted Phillips should have been uh, shown the door when Jerry Angelo was shown the door, you know, quite quite a few GMs back. Um, simply put, you know, I when you ever get, whenever you get this idea of the Chicago Bears being cheap, I immediately go to a guy like Ted Phillips because I think uh, I think he has a lot of control over the money and how it's devied out, especially when it comes uh, pertains to building the roster. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why they had to seek outside help to hire a guy like Ryan Pace, because Ted Phillips does not necessarily I don't think Ted Phillips knows the game of football. I'll be I will straight out say it. I don't really have a lot of respect for Ted Phillips in his position. I think he's strictly a money guy. He probably makes the McCaskies a shit ton of money. He probably saves them a lot of money, which is probably why he's held this job as long as he has. But um, the if he is really kind of the one that's behind this, behind this whole Allen Robinson thing, which, mind you, outside of the fact that you have an ang- like angry player on your team, this is a PR nightmare around the league looking at the Chicago Bears. The McCaskies seriously have to look at Ted Phillips and they have to seriously wonder how much he's actually benefiting this team. You know, the bottom line's fine, but my impression ever since George McCaskey has taken over is that money's not the issue. Money is not of a concern. Like the team is willing to go out and spend money. The team's willing to pay a guy like Cleo Mack the most money out there. And uh, you know, I, I said on this podcast earlier this week. Would I be concerned if Allen Robinson was asking for 20 plus million dollars to be a top five paid receiver? Absolutely. And I would have a little bit more understanding of the situation. But if he is only asking for 18, that would nuzzle him in with an aging AJ Green, a guy like Tyreek Hill, and a guy like Odell Beckham. And I'm sorry, I, I really, I really think that I really think Allen Robinson. I think he's earned that money. I think he's that type of player. He's not a speedster. He's not like, he's not, he's not any of the receivers I just named. He's his own player, but he does enough things right. He does enough things good that $18 million, if he's ready to sign on the dotted line for that amount of money, it needs to happen right now. Because I think even if there's this idea that Ryan Pace might not have a job next season and that we're going to go get a new quarterback, quarterbacks need number one receivers. I'm going to say that one more time quarterbacks rookie veteran need number one receiver so even if uh we decide we're going to do a rebuild we need to bring in another quarterback next year they need a number one, number one receiver lock up Allen robinson just do it already yeah i'm glad you brought that up because I, that's one thing i thought is like if for some reason ted phillips is pulling strings right now um and was kind of limiting the number i mean because realistically you can't call the mccaskies cheap I understand that Papa Bear had that reputation for sure. He's very old school and like, hey, this is what you're going to get if you want to play for the Bears type thing. But he also built a very storied franchise and they won a lot of championships. So they had like that Belichick effect where it's like, hey, if you want to win, you can come here and take what you get. But if not, you can go somewhere else and pound salt. You know what I mean? But I feel like and and Michael kind of had that that thing going on, too. And that's why the 85 Bears derailed, Um, you know, and I'm not going to speak bad amongst the man that passed away. But realistically, like we saw that kind of with Papa Bear and Michael, and it has not been the same with George McCaskey. They have been stretched up against the cap for the last couple of years now. So if they were really that worried about it, they'd be in a position like Jacksonville or like the Dolphins were, or whatever, with $80 million on the books. They don't. They have just enough to pay him 
and give him his money this year. You know what I mean? And it's like, then they'll be stretched up against the cap without a quarterback. So I understood it as a strategic purpose from Ryan Pace. Um, but now that Ted Phillips is kind of muddying the waters, I, I all my fingers go to him. I just think it's gross. Um, and you even talk about the two deals. AJ Green signed a while ago. Tyreek Hill signed his deal right after he had a domestic dispute. And it was like his future with uh, Kansas City was kind of up in the air. You know what I mean? And I don't even think he's getting close to 18 million, but we're talking about rankings now, not actual number of con- uh, number in the contract. And I think like realistically, A-Rob saying $18 million, that's like him taking a hometown discount because anyone real like that, that means he wants to be here. At first, I kind of questioned it. Like, is he really just going for the money? But if he's saying, hey, I just want $18 million, that's he's already saying I'm taking $2 million less than two guys that I'm comparable to in, in, in terms of production that just got paid. So that's a hometown discount. My, that means he wants to fucking be here. You know what I mean? So that's just why I, I've grown a little bit more upset with the situation. Before, I thought it was kind of like they were both being hard-headed and stubborn. But now that all this has come out, it's just like this deal needs to be done realistically by the time you guys hear this fucking podcast. Yeah, and the thing that I was talking about this morning when I went on the radio uh, show with Sean and Maya was the same thing. I thought – if it was a number that was between 16 to $18 million, there's no reason why the contract wasn't signed last week. That's not like, for some reason, we all thought that, and that's how this whole this all worked out. Like, we all got spoofed, like, everything that happened this week. We were thinking that A-Rob was asking for, like, 20 mil. Whole time he wanted $18 million, and we're sitting here now on, like, day six of this shit, just still trying to figure it out. And Lucas, like you bring up a good point where they're not going to be able to pay a quarterback after if they pay Allen Robinson. I don't know what's going to happen, but like Duke, like you said, point blank period, you need a receiver. So even if you, you know, even if we don't have Mitch after this, it, it pays to have a receiver because no matter what you already have that one piece in place. And then obviously I think too, like, the running game, we're really going to get that established. I think it looked really good in week one. Obviously, they ran a lot more than we're used to, but right around 150 yards, like they're definitely going to be going over 100 damn near every week this season. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, uh, it's you know, I, I put it as simply as I could, man. There's just there's zero reason why he's not signed. Um, and also, Lucas, to your point, the thing with Tyreek Hill is Tyreek took a lot less guaranteed, but he still makes a base of 18, 18 a year. Okay. So that's that's kind of where that happened. That's where it's kind of like, yeah, we're not giving you guaranteed money because uh, you're kind of a wild card. But, you know, I just I think that's a perfect spot for him to be placed, you know, because he's going to be he'd be right there with Mike Evans as well. And I think Mike Evans is kind of in that echelon as well. He had a he's had a very very uh vertical offense he's played in and i think if allen played an offense like that he'd probably put up similar numbers to like a mike evans anyway i think they're i think they're actually a similar type of player um but yeah dude i uh sign out robinson i i i don't know what else to really put here like i i still don't totally agree with how his agent went about it but i still think like there's there's just no more excuses like this just has to get done i'm sorry yeah. And, you know, we, we highlighted it last week, but the only thing that really bothered me that his agent did, because all these agents have their clients pull like social media stuff and stuff like that, try to get support from the fan base. That's another element that I think we're 
underestimating is how intense, like when extended Allen Robinson hashtag is trending on Twitter and there's like crazy political stuff going on every single day. There's like all this stuff and like extend Allen Robinson's in your top 10. A lot of people are talking about it. And when you have fans of other teams just being like, please God trade them to our team. You know what I mean? Like there's a market for him. So, you know, you have something valuable. And that's why I said, if you trade him, you have to get a, a, a chip of gold. Um, but overall, like, you know, people want to say that the bears are put up against the cap and this and that. And I know that the cap is fluid and all that stuff, but if you really look at it, dude, the bears are not in a bad spot right now. They are the, they have the 12th most cap space in the NFL. The league average is, I don't know why it says league average is after 10, but it says the league average is 13, um, 13 million, one, 13, one, four, one, five, one, five. Okay. Uh, the Bears, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it's not exact is that, numbers. Is that pi? Is that the pi number? <laughs> 13,141,515, okay? Um, got pi, pi, and, and the Bears is... 13.1 would have worked. I'm giving exact figures, okay, Jagbags? Um, but, no, <laughs> God, I, I, for some reason, every single group or friend group or whatever I'm associated with work, no matter what, if I'm with a group of people, for some reason, I'm the one that gets made fun of. I, it's just like, I'm an easy fucking target, I guess. Um, but no, if you look at the bears, like they're saying here on Spotrack, I know they have more money cause there's, there's certain things that aren't, um, incorporated, but it's saying that they got 12 million and they have the 12th most cap space. You look at a team like the Vikings, you look at a team like, um, you know, I don't even understand where the saints are getting money from. And the saints are in a, the Rams. Exactly. Like you see these teams, the Bucks spent a lot of money. The Ravens are really pressed against the cap, like all these teams and they're pressed against the cap every single year. And they find a way to make it work. The bears aren't nearly in as bad of a spot as the, as the saints were in. And don't get me wrong. I think the saints are all in for this last year with Drew Brees. And then they're going to start rebuilding around Taysom Hill. But I mean, dude, we're nowhere near is in as in as much of a cap crunch as these these other teams that got deals done for their players, like Jalen Ramsey, like Alvin Kamara, like these guys. So it just Robert Woods got paid today too, and Robert Woods just got paid. What did he get though? He got like I think it was sixty five or sixty eight million for how many yeah. years? Yeah, yeah but the he is the yearly. Yeah, what oh, was the yearly average? Years, I think it was over. Four I was years. I was looking at that and I was like, if he. Yeah, I'm just glad he didn't get 20 million because I'm like, if this guy gets 20 million a year, then a Rob, there's no chance he's taking less than 20. Um, so, I mean, realistically, that's kind of fair, Four right? Lump- 65 mil. Yeah, that's kind of fair. You lump them between Robert Woods and um, Julio Jones. Like, I don't think that's a terrible. That's 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 not the number he, he so much deserves, but it's definitely a respectable number, and it, it shows that he wants to be here. So let me just make a point because I'm going to have to have this conversation with my dad when he asks me and rubs in my face that his team just locked up their number one and two wide receiver for the next three and four years for $32 million a year. And we can't even get one fucking contract right for 18 mil, like little, little outrageous right now. And again, too, we talked about it with cup last week. It's like, as more people start to get paid, especially those wide receivers that are getting paid in the same ballpark that he is, it's only going to add fuel to that fire. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, I want to kind of move on from this, and we're going to have Duke fill you in with the injury report for the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. 
All right. So basically what we've got is uh, it's a little similar to last week, but really we're cleaning up the uh, injury report injury report for the most part. So uh, Ted Ginn and Jimmy Graham, they started off the week with uh, just just rest day veterans. You know, they've been in been in the league for a while. You're going to get those um, full participation Thursday and Friday. They will be good to go. Robert Quinn was limited participation Wednesday and Thursday, full participant on Friday. He's questionable, but it's looking like there's a really good chance we're going to see the debut of Robert Quinn in a Bears uniform, whether it be on a snap count or not. Um, Cleo Mack limited all week. Don't have to worry about that. I'm almost guaranteeing at this point that Cleo Mack is going to be a limited participant almost the rest of his career. He's going to get the Tom Brady treatment. He's Cleo Mack. Let's get real here. He's questionable. He's going to play. And Akeem Hicks was sick on Thursday. Obviously wasn't anything too serious. He was a full participant on Friday. He'll be good to go. So for the New York Giants, um, Carter Coughlin, no relation, um, did not participate Wednesday. Limited participation Thursday and Friday. Not entirely sure what's going to be going on with him. Questionable. Not entirely sure how much he adds to the game plan anyway. Golden Tate. Limited participant all week. He's going to be coming into this one as uh, questionable. So a little, little interesting going into that one. Did you say Golden Tate or Golden Taint? Oh, uh, both, actually. Um, you, fat, love, you fat fucking rat. You love <laughs> gold. Gold member. Uh, shout out to Green Bay, by the way. Um, so we, Golden Tate is questionable. Tate Crowder, linebacker. He was full participant all week. He'll be good to go. Andrew Colbert, defensive back, another defensive back in a very, very, very shallow defensive back, uh, back room. He was limited participant on Thursday. He did not participate on Friday. He is going to be out against the bears at soldier field, which mind you soldier field is beautiful. And soldier field has some of the best sight lines in all of sports. Yeah, so I think the biggest name for the injury list on the Giants' side is obviously Golden Tate. I talked about it a little bit the other day. Uh, Darius Slayton is a receiver that should not be taken lightly. That's definitely their go-to target right now, and he had himself a hell of a game on Monday Night Football. Also, too, we got to sure up the middle of this defense at both levels. The linebackers left a lot out on the field last week as you know, Roquan, Danny Trevathan, and the middle of that defense just really struggled to stop the run game. So I just feel at this point um, they really need to focus on keeping Saquon Barkley just at bay because at the end of the day, Daniel Jones, if you make Daniel Jones try to beat you, I trust the Bears defense 10 times out of time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said that, dude, because realistically – we started kind of noticing the Bears' run defense wasn't that great against Oakland, and we kind of accredited it to the defensive, uh, their offensive line and stuff like that. But realistically, I think Nick Wachowski is the big missing link here. Um, he got a lot more time, even when he wasn't, um, even when he wasn't starting. He was still brought in for rundowns and stuff like that. And I know he was kind of more of a liability in pass coverage, but what from what we've seen. And Danny Trevathan week one, and we could just say he's getting like a little bit of the rust off and stuff like that coming out of an injury, probably not hitting much in practice. They're probably like, you know, keeping him, keeping him good for the season type thing. So I, I would like to say it's just rust, um, but we saw signs of his age, man. Um, and the one thing that scares me, we cannot ever go into man coverage and have Danny Trevathan on Saquon Barkley because that is just a nightmare waiting to happen. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that last point. Honestly, there's not really any linebacker I think I want man-to-man on Saquon. I love Roquan, and I love the athlete he is. I don't like man-to-man coverage in that situation. But um, so looking back on the film, like I like I said uh, early on, I didn't really get to do a real good film breakdown this week. I'm definitely going to be doing a good one next week. I'm going to prepare my schedule like entirely for it. Like, what I'm, happened with that? Game Pass was just taking too long to, to release it all 22? Yeah, dude. Game Pass didn't release until like Thursday, four, right? four or five in the morning, Thursday morning. And I was going to do it. I was going to do it Tuesday. I was going to do it Wednesday. And then I was going to do it. Uh, I was was going to do it Thursday, but by the time I woke up on Thursday uh, to go to work, I mean, everything had been covered, so it's like, what's the point? Before before the coaches sent the film in, it had to go through COVID protocol. Oh, my God. Okay. Legitimately? Is that a serious comment? or I, He's smiling, so I feel like this is <laughs> I, I, I was just saying it to be sarcastic, because now I actually think it might be real. It's film! It's digital! There's through a goddamn digital. <laughs> That's my fault for being fucking... Gullible, dude. I Let Duke finish his point. I love back. you, Lucas, but <laughs> God damn it! All he right. said it with a lot of conviction, dude. I'm just gonna say he did. I'll get. I'll give Brandon that. That was a uh, ten out of ten uh, delivery. But anyway, okay. So point I'm trying to make here because I watched a couple different games, defenses around the league, and I'm not going to use this excuse all all year or anything. This is going to be this week, maybe next week, and that's as far as this excuse goes. But every defense in the league looks about a hair of a second off. Roquan looked a little off going into his assignments. Danny T looked off going into his assignments. The pass rush looked late coming off of the snap. Defensive backs looked late going back into uh, um, going back into coverage. Jalen specifically looked pretty rough early on, but he definitely uh, grew as the game went on. Um, it looked a lot similar, and I'm glad you brought up Oakland, Perfetti, because it kind of reminded me last year of how that defense looked. Do you, like you guys remember that you guys remember where that entire team just looked jet lag. That defense just looked a step off on every single play. Very, very close to what that looked like on film overall. Um, you know, obviously as the game went on, I feel like it kind of tightened up a little bit more. It was kind of like that wake up call, like smack in the mouth. Like, all right, we need to start doing like, if we're a second late, we need to start being two seconds early. You know what I mean? One of those situations, you know, we started overplaying things, but that's how you get aggressive. You know what I mean? If you're going to make a mistake, at least we're going a hundred miles per hour doing it. We weren't quite doing that in the first half. So I'm hoping we come into this week ready on the snap count, uh, going into assignments quick. You know, like I said with Danny T, I think Danny T really has a better game this week. I think he's going to be in his positions a lot better. I think he's because Danny is a very underrated zone coverage linebacker. And I think when he's in the right spots, he's a very, very good guy to have in the middle. And I think that I think him and Roquan are both going to have very strong games. Hopefully the pass rush does as well. And hopefully timing timing is going to be number one. I think I, and I've heard it from a couple different podcasts. I heard it on the radio show coming in today. Um, timing for offenses around the league have the advantage. And I, it's been a pretty well-known fact among a lot of different analysts. So I'm hoping the defense can finally catch up this week. And I, I'm assuming around the league, we're going to see a lot of defenses have pretty good performances in week two. We usually do see it start ramping up, you know, as we covered last week, like week one's always the week of overs. Like it, it happens just a lot. And then you think you add in the COVID and the limited training camp. I think they only had 18 days of padded practices, which is like absurd. They used to do that in one week fucking when Mike Dicka was coaching. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they'd have, they do two. 
gets a lot of high school sports, probably in Texas and like those hardcore places. But um, realistically, I, I do think that Danny, like even if Danny Trevathan has lost a step, he's a very smart, instinctive player and he should be able to make up for whatever he lost in, you know, speed or age or whatever, which I, I'm not saying that's the case, but even if he did, he sh- he's savvy enough to figure it out. So I'm not like extremely worried about him. Now, if we see this for a few more weeks, then we really got to start thinking like, Hey, are we rotating in Josh Woods and Iggy and stuff like that? Like, you know what I mean? But I, I, I have faith that he'll get it together because he's been a rock in our defense. And even like in 2016 and 2017, when he was healthy, dude, the defense was just so much better than it, it was when he wasn't healthy. So we definitely, um, I think, I think he'll be able to come up, you know, he injured his triceps, not like he tore his ACL or anything like that. It was his triceps, right? Or, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. I could have swore it was his triceps. It, it definitely, it definitely had something to do with his arm. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too, too worried about that, but overall the biggest key I think is cause we were missing a pass rush big time. Um, especially in that, you know, Second, uh, that that's another thing I didn't bring up from the from the Detroit game, bro. What was Nagy doing with that end of the second half thing? Like he called those timeouts to get the ball back, and then you know they get a first and five, or it's first and ten. They get a five yard play outside. They really wasted no time at all. Like if you're if you're in that position where you're like, okay, we're not pushing the ball downfield, then you at least got out. Um, and that was a huge thing. I think that's a a part of the story that, you know, aside from Mitch would have been brought up if they lost, you you don't talk about this as much in wins and stuff like that. But I just thought that was a very, you know, he's been pretty good with clock management in general. And I thought he did a great job at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, but man, that just, to me, that that's why they went up two scores. Realistically, you only have like a minute and 15 seconds left. I like the fact that you're betting on your guys, but I think it was more so he was pissed off. They didn't score, score a touchdown in the first half and he was trying to put one in, um, and and that's kind of that that got the better of them. But long story short, we really needed Robert Quinn in that moment and in that fourth quarter drive where luckily DeAndre Swift dropped that touchdown pass. Um, so go ahead, Brandon. To reel back the Nagy take, and this is something that again was brought up to me this morning. Should we go no huddle or tempo to start the game? A hundred percent. I don't. I've I've said that on. A few occasions now, because everyone's like, well, you can't run two-minute drill the whole time. No shit, Sherlock. You cannot run Well, two- I mean, 3-3 three, three and out ain't getting it done. I actually, I didn't think about this until Monday. I watched Notre Dame and the Chicago Bears, like, after I was, like, so high on both my teams, like, Friday night, couldn't put me down on my pedestal. Both went fucking three and out three times to start the season. And, like, just absolutely deflating. I think... I don't know. Mitch is Bears just didn't go so... three and out in their first drive. They 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 just didn't do whatever. Okay, well they got that one, but then they had a couple three and outs after that. But with Mitch, like I don't know what it is. It's like as the clock starts dwindling down and the pressure starts. I'm not going to call him clutch yet, but last week was very clutch. As as he puts together a couple more of those performances, Brandon, like put your fucking meat on the table, dude. He's clutch. Dude, are we at that point yet? Can I say it now? Okay. I was, putting on the right, I was table. literally. Rich is clutch. Put my meat on the table. But, and I got my guest on Huskies on tap to be all in on Mitch too. So, yeah, we're all in on Mitch right now. I just, I need to see it for four quarters. I need to see it not when it's, you know, when the, when the pressure is on. I need to see it when it's the first drive of the game and 
you're just getting situated. I need to see that, Mitch. And I'm just going to say it now, three touchdowns from him on Sunday. I'm not even going to wait any longer. I, I said it at the beginning. I had a bold take. We're getting three from Biscuit on Sunday. My biggest thing is like, you know, because a lot of people, it was Duke that brought up the um, the up-tempo point, right? On this one? You were talking about Nagy. You were talking about Nagy trying to punch one in. So I thought we were moving to the offense. I think that was No, just- no, you're good. You're good. I'm just I'm just saying like because the one thing like that's one thing I've acknowledged a couple times. I'm like Mitchell Trubisky goes better up tempo, just in general. No huddle up tempo. Yeah. And someone was like, Oh, um, you know, you can't run two minutes or the whole game. It's like, no, no shit, you can't run two minutes the whole game, but you can do those half huddles that yeah. fucking that Detroit was doing behind their own thing. So then you're able to see the defense set up. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can do a lot of things. You can do just skill player huddles. You can do, um, you know, just, just straight up at the line and you don't have to, that doesn't mean if you, you can't run the play clock down, you can run the play clock down, but you're able to decipher things at the line and you have Nagy in his earpiece. You get those full, I think they cut it out after 20 seconds. So you get 40 seconds, um, you know, 40 second play clock, 20 seconds of it, the coach is allowed to be in their ear and then it's cu- that radio is cut off. So if you get up to the line and 20 seconds are left, you see him set up, Nagy's giving him, feed him a little bit of info, then boom, he could snap it before they're able to adjust or anything. And, and that's one thing I think we need to up the tempo. And I think we're going to see that. I understand that we're going under sender a lot more this year too. Um, I think la- last, uh, I, I got to give credit to Kevin Fishbane, but I think he said it was almost 50, 50. And last year we were at like 75% under, um, in the shotgun. So definitely going under sender a lot more, which is a, which is a big thing. And it's probably going to make it a little bit more difficult to go up tempo. But I mean, think of how many up tempo drives that, that Peyton Manning ran in a pro style. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can do that. No problem. You don't, you can always push the tempo, especially like, you know what I mean? If your first drive stale, why not? Why not try it? I understand you could still run out the same amount of clock. Still going to be the same if you get into a huddle or if you don't. You can sit at the line and wait all 40 seconds. Go ahead, Duke. See, man, and any other week of the year, I'm fucking on board with going up tempo like right away out of the gate because I, you know, I think you guys nailed it. That's exactly where a guy like Mitch like is at his best is when he can just just go. Dude, give him like three, four plays to call from like on each down and let him just fucking make it happen. You know what I mean? Like give Mitch some control of the offense. Let him go out there like he did at NC and uh, let him put the ball in his receiver's hands. But this week, and I'm a little salty that you guys put uh, meat, put your uh, meat on the table before I had my opportunity to because I thought I was going to be the first one doing this podcast. I want this offensive line to fucking dominate the New York Giants. Pittsburgh Steelers put up 141 yards rushing against the Giants last week. David Montgomery, James Conner, very similar running backs. Make it happen. Like, win the line of scrimmage. Pound that fucking football. We did it against Detroit last week. Let's do it again. Let's pound the football. Let's set up rollouts. Let's set up play action. And when we go in shotgun, let's make them think twice. Let's make them worry about the fact that we might run inside because Jermaine Effetti is eating people alive or that Cody Whitehair is having a great game or that James Daniels is pulling because he's one of the most athletic guards in football. Like, let's get – dude, <clears throat> I'm sorry. The Giants' defense isn't that great. Let's make it easy for ourselves. Let's run the football. Let's pound the football. And that opens up opportunities for a guy like Mitch to do stuff on single coverage, on single high coverage with a safety in the box. Like, I don't know, man. I think when you get dashed for 141 rushing yards, you're just, you're just, you're, you're just daring people to run on you. 
That's as simple my, as that. My dude, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm sure you didn't get to see the whole Pittsburgh game, but James Conner actually went out. That was mostly Benny Snell that ripped up the um that Even ripped better. up the Dines. Yeah. Even so it's better. like Benny and, Snell's and, a fucking converted tight end. Don't get me wrong. I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive <clears throat> line is better than ours, but um I, I agree with you. I think we'll be able to expose the running game, but no, man, I, I got to kind of side with Brandon. Like, I think this is Mitch's day again. I think they're going to come out firing because their defensive backfield is so much more suspect than their front seven. Like, I prefer, like, I think their defensive line actually has some meaty boys on it that are going to be a lot harder to move off the ball than we anticipate. Um, you know, and and that's not, the, like I said, like, I think Pittsburgh realistically is a Super Bowl candidate. They were They were fighting for a playoff spot with a guy named Duck playing quarterback. You realize that? Duck Hodges or whatever his name is. I know that's his nickname, but I mean, bro, they had, they were ready to go. If, if big Ben didn't get hurt last year, they would have been a contender for that further division. They would have been, you know, right up there with the, uh, with the Ravens and stuff. So I think this team easily, easily, easily can go ahead and find themselves in the AFC championship. So I don't want to like overlook the, the, the running production that they had, but I also don't want to under underestimate the, the, the giants front seven, you know? couple things shout out to benny snell he played with one of my clients that played in the aaf over at kentucky he's a little bowling ball 510 225 absolutely love to see him get his opportunity but did anybody see a catch i don't know i think it was right before the end of the first half by a, a guy named chase claypool just an absolute top 10 catch on monday night football in his first game yeah james washington caught a touchdown too no, he didn't get it. He didn't. They didn't trust him in the red zone yet. But I'll give you. I'll give you week one. James Washington, one point for you, sir. Chase Claypool, no points. But I had to. I had to put it out there. It was. It was a good catch. Good night. Oh no, I, I was. I was waiting for it. I knew it was going to come. And dude, no, he did. Look, yeah. He did look pretty good. Um, I guess. <clears throat> you know, I do agree with you. We shouldn't overlook this front line, especially with a guy like Leonard Williams, who I was like raving about earlier in the week. But I mean, dude what we did it against Nick Nick Williams and Trey Flowers. I think had two pretty strong interior presences. I don't know, man. I, I think I think our offensive line's looking a lot better than uh, a lot of us expected. Not even in, you know, pass protection, but in run pro- in, you know, the running game. I think a guy like Jermaine Effetti, he might right guard might be his spot. This might have been the might have been the deal. He's not really a pass blocker. The guy's huge and he's going down to the he's going to the second level to hit linebackers. Like that might be that might be the niche. That might be the deal, dude. And you give that to Dave Montgomery, who can miss tackles anyway, man. I just I think it's I think a great run game always sets up a pass game. It's just where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the reality of it. Go ahead, Brandon. If we can just get people to block like Trent Williams did on that social clip that went viral where he just absolutely decapitated a linebacker at least like twice a game, I'm all in on that offensive line. He killed him. No, but I actually want to Trent give Williams uh, different breed, man. Different breed. <laughs> I want to give. I want to give, dude. He he, he ate his heart right out of his chest. Up, man. Yeah, it was oh. not. That's somebody's son. <laughs> that is somebody's son, dude, and somebody's grandson as well. <laughs> but at the end of the day, dude, I I am was ex- like very pleasantly surprised with um Jermaine Effetti's performance. And don't get me wrong, like those are the type of utility signings that make good teams great. You know what I mean? Like finding value in, in guys within your system that didn't work out in, in a different place. So a lot of the league writes them off, go ahead and get them for a vet mitt, vet trend minimum, plug them into the spot you need most. Cause that's dude, people don't realize like 
so many plays imploded last year because Rashad Coward just was not ready to play right guard for us. And, um, you know, you're right. Like having, having that interior now, you had two really solid interior players and now you have another one that's just a, a huge dude that can pull and get to the second level. I really like what they got in Jermaine Effetti, so I'm excited to see that. I think we should be able to have our way with them, right? Like I think the Bears should no doubt be able to put up 400, 450 yards of total offense. Shouldn't be a problem. Um, I'm more worried about the defense, man, because even though Danny Dines is kind of a shitbox, like don't get me wrong, everyone's saying like, oh, he's improving and blah, blah, blah. Like we heard that story with Mitchell Trubisky. So until like he starts lighting teams up and, and don't get me wrong, like he's had his three touchdown games with no interceptions. So he's obviously a smart quarterback, but I just feel like against a good defense like ours, especially like last week, we were talking about our front seven getting gashed. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm most confident with our secondary at this point. Buster's screen was literally coming up and hitting people like he was a fucking linebacker. You had um, Eddie Jackson was all over the place. Kyle Fuller played well. Jalen Johnson in the first half kind of was a little shaky, but then he turned up. He looked like he's like a like a straight up season pro. Um, in that second half, he looked really, really good. And I think the two passes he actually gave up were like right he was right there. You know what I mean? It was just like good throw, good catch type of thing. So I'm pretty confident with our defensive backfield. And I just feel like, you know, even Chuck Pagano stated, this is a copycat league. There's no doubt the giants saw what happened with the Detroit lions and how 97 year old Adrian Peterson just ran it down their throat. They're going to try it. He's like, we need to make that a point of emphasis because there's no doubt until we put out the, I think his exact term was, you know, he's, he's a straight up fucking cliche machine but he's like until we put out the fire people are going to keep coming with it oh dude and uh you know just small point here uh just just to add more fuel to that uh saquon barkley fire tiki barber took a shot at him this week in the media so he's gonna be running just that little bit more extra pissed off at us so took a shot he called the man soft you might as well put him in the grave yeah dude literally and saquon saquon even said like i he doesn't take opinions like outside opinions seriously like there is so much beef going on so saquon's basically like you know you know how i said like early in the week that nobody should piss off saquon barkley well guess what he's pissed i don't understand where tiki barber's coming with that like tiki barber ran behind some of the best offensive lines and they won the super bowl after he left dude he retired yeah he's soft he retired early for no reason he could have played like five more years tiki barber played forever Tiki Barber owns fucking Sean O'Hare, like a, a house, literally. Like that was part of his entire career was Sean O'Hare blocking for him. Does, Chris does Snee. That, does anybody uh, remember his Escalade commercials? Who? Uh, Tiki Barber, bro. Dude, I barely remember Tiki Barber until he gets brought up, honestly. <laughs> I just remember Tiki and Rondé taking pictures after games they played against each other. That's all I really remember of them, too. I, I, had, their, I had their fucking uh, kid book. The, the, they, wrote a, they wrote a book like he was he was elite in the yeah. rushing attack in med. All right, but now that we've gotten these injury uh, injury reports out there, uh, another thing too, you know, there's a million press conferences and they're all like just just so superficial and now that like, you know, it's over Zoom like it's just even worse now, but the one thing that I fucking loved and Robert Quinn's coming back this week, you can guarantee it. It's a Luper Fetty guarantee. Um, but he was just like, yeah, man, there's only two plays in my book. It's either tackle the running back or 
get after the passer. Like, and I was just like, that is the most football guy fucking answer you can come up with, especially as a defensive end. He's like, he knows for a fact, he's like, nah, man, I don't got to worry about coverages or nothing. I either just like see if it's a run or see if it's a pass. And then I just go after whichever guy it is. So I thought that was dope as hell. Um, but yeah, we're going to get onto some bold predictions. Brandon, do you want to like up the ante? Are you just saying three, three touchdown passes for um, Mitchell or what's the deal? All right, so I will go with the Ethan Wiles 303 stamp of approval. I can't take the, the credit on it. Ethan's been calling for these since the beginning of last season. I think he's like 0 for 12 on them. I am going to start this week with my record at 1-0. and If you got Mitch, start him in fantasy this week. Fair enough. I mean, I kind of want to start Mitch anyway. Uh, if, I, if I got anything bold to say, and I guess it would go along with my prediction – I got five touchdowns from the offense this week. Whew. Hammer the over. Do you realize how fucking much jizz would be in Nagy's fucking pants? Dude, I'm ready to see fucking swaggy Nagy on the sidelines. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. Ah, that's a bold-ass prediction. So my bold prediction is um, Cole Komet's going to get his first touchdown. Oh, Cole Komet's going to get his first touchdown. Brand- dude, Brandon's rubbing his nipples right now. Yeah, Cole Komet's going to get his first touchdown because, like I said in in the preview show before, the like dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers were just destroying them with drags and really simple routes and stuff like that. And I feel like in the red zone, our size, like, come on, dude, you're probably going to have your best like nickelback or dime package, like your big safety covering Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet's going to be matched up on Blake Martinez. He's just going to go right up over his head and just fucking put it down in his face. That's my bold prediction for the week. Cole Komet gets his first NFL touchdown this week. Don't be surprised if you see them throw Julian Love on Cole Komet. You got to remember they went against each other in practice for three years, so that could play into how they match up against Cole Komet. I take Cole Komet in that battle. I would too, but Julian Love's like five fucking eight. No, 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 no! Don't you disrespect Julian Love? What is he six foot? Is he six <laughs> flat or what? He's he's six foot. Michael's like five eight. Michael's at NIU right now. He's a sophomore. Oh, okay. Bro, All right. Tariq Cohen's gonna call him short. Dude, Tariq Cohen better have. I'm excited for what I want to see a pass. Can we get uh, over or under point five passes from Tariq Cohen this week? I'm gonna go under. Oh, you bastard. Please, dude, we do we do too much cute shit against the Giants as it is. I'm done. No. A great Giants Bears memory though. That's one thing. That's like really like a hundred percent of the reason why I wanted to see Trey Roberson on the squad because he's a former um you know, I know he got injured and stuff like that, but they, they have the I'm sure that that'll come back this year, right? Plugging some defensive guys on offense to kind of mix things up if the Bears start rolling and they're they're having a good old time. But um, All right, so this is the I, part I saw where Matt Nagy should turn off. Pass. So this is the part where Matt Nagy should turn off the podcast. Stop well, listening. Well, Trey Roberson's not on the squad, but Khalil, I just think Khalil Mack on the goal line, like from the one yard line, you're not you're not rolling with him. I would just no, because that's the part where he see, blows his fucking knee out. I would have liked to seen a like a a, a quick pitch to Trey Roberson and then have him just flip it to an offensive lineman. That's all I'm saying. Um, But that about does it for this week, gentlemen. 
Um, we will be with all of you guys, all the fans, back uh, Sunday, like right around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. It'll be uploaded. So uh, we love you guys. Um, again, we are Bears on Tap. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap or follow Chicago or I'm sorry, or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. We also got Beat on 300, Brandon Suarez and Duke Coughlin at that pod guy, Duke. Um, go ahead and if you can rate us, review us on Apple, um, all that good stuff. And yeah, bear down, bear down. Al Michaels is a hall of famer, bear down. <laughs>